Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to episode 244 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... I hit the wrong one the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get the right one, otherwise it would be silly, wouldn't it? How yeah. are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Sun is shining. I presume it's outside somewhere I've not been in a long time. Yes. Is, is that what that big fiery thing is in the sky? <laughs> well, I hope so. Otherwise, we're all about to burn quite horribly. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. So we're we're on, on week three of this is the sort of third week of lockdown, pretty much. Uh, how, how are you doing and uh, what have you been up to? Well, obviously, I've been doing quite a lot of Twitch streaming. I yes. decided with obviously all the events and things I usually work at are quite rightly postponed or cancelled um to to do sort of daily twitch streams and stuff and um, i've been doing picnics from my totally real not green screened uh, desert island <laughs> yes. location that's obviously london if you don't think it's london it's because you haven't been outside in a while and you've forgotten <laughs> london actually looks like hawaii yes. um uh, and we've now got a, a, a lego pirate island and dragon have appeared oh uh, fabulous and they're definitely real too. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going stir crazy at all. It's fine. Don't know what you're talking about. Absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, but that's been good fun. Um, I've also been playing some more of Deponia, if you know that one. I don't really know. It's a very, very funny point and click adventure. Oh, yes, yes I have type seen game. you do bits and pieces of it. Yes, yes, it's that one. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's uh, German originally, uh, but they translated it into quite a few languages, including English. Very good voice cast, very funny and sarcastic and silly, sometimes verging on the nonsensical, to be honest. Um, and it's sort of set in a it's sort of dystopian future place where your character who's generally useless at life is attempting to mostly save himself but also the world and uh, <laughs> yeah the, the world is kind of the junkyard and Elysium is where all the rich people live and there's a plot basically to, to, to get rid of the junkyard but it's uh, it, it's very funny it's very silly it has a lot of comedy elements if you like things like Monkey Island and Day of the Tentacle and these kind of things it's a it's a similar vein of those kind of old school point and 
point-and-click adventures, but with more modern animation and art styles. Yes, sounds really good. I love those old point-and-click things. You don't get them... I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of sort of modern versions of them now, but I used to love the old, you know, scum system, Monkey Island ones and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, definitely check out things like Deponia then, because it's 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 all of a very similar vein of uh, logic through comedy solutions and things yes. and the last you're rescuing for some of the plot is called goal which i find very funny <laughs> um and there's a lot of there's a lot of fun mechanisms and mini games and little puzzles and things as well as the the, the plot and uh, anything that involves you putting some laughing gas into a balloon in order to capture a parrot to use the parrot to then teach it how to say crimes are being committed to then put it on a radio to distract the policeman so that you can again <laughs> go and steal their stuff um, is quite good. Um, yeah, there's also a bit where you use one of those little nodding bird toys yes. to. Um, overload and confuse somebody operating a switchboard system by putting it repeatedly on a button and just leaving right. it there yes um which i found quite funny because i wanted to go and remove it afterwards in order to just sort of stop the stress of this poor telephone <laughs> operator guy but it doesn't give the option to take it away after so the guy just spends the rest of the game going why is everyone using this one line <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's it's very funny and the art is it's just really nice and personable and friendly and quite detailed and yeah. I've been really enjoying it. It's definitely good, good fun and I like games with that kind of sense of humour. Obviously, the other game I've been playing is slightly different, yeah. <laughs> just a, just a tiny bit different in yes. style, which is Doom Eternal. Yes. <laughs> so uh, one extreme to the other, I think that would be there. Yes, just a little. Do- Doom is good. Is good fun. It's a good update on the old kind of FPS style games because I was very much a, a player of the original Doom and things yes. like Quake Three Arena and Unreal Tournament, and I haven't really developed any love for the modern battle royale style games at all no but this is much more like shoot thing in face shoot thing in face shoot thing in face oh look blow things up in face with rocket launcher which is much more my kind yeah. of speed it's not the easiest game in the world especially not when your equipment's sort of 20 years old as my mouse and keyboard are so that's <laughs> been good fun but i do like the mix of old and new school kind of thinking in in the gameplay so far so definitely enjoying that and hope to play more of that i have been uh, watching picard but i am behind you so i will shout no spoilers at you many times during right. this station because yes. i'm sure yes. you have now now finished it yes i um, have and what else have i been watching i was i was bribed to watch the first episode of stranger things <laughs> <laughs> It was the demand. Really? Um, really? So I've seen episode one of Stranger Things now. What did you think? It's all right. Oh, for God's sake. It, it, it's a very good example of what it wants to be. Yes. You need to go and watch the rest of it. I've only been bribed to watch one episode. Everyone keeps saying three episode rule. And I'm like, no. I was only bribed with with cheers and donations on Twitch to watch one episode. And and that's, you know, normally I just draw a little picture in the book and, you know, say thank you and put a sticker in. I don't normally do things like watch TV episodes. <laughs> so Maybe I you should. Bribed. They, well, they said they said they were bribing me to watch one episode. I've watched one episode. Um, it's, I mean, all the actors are good. Um, it's, it's, the first episode is obviously just clearly set up. Yes. Um, 
Which is but why it, you need to watch the rest of it, yes. <laughs> I don't normally tend to watch these kind of horror genre-inspired thriller mystery type things. No, and so, I know it's not got spaceships in it, but yes, it's horror, but it's, it is a wonderful kind of 80s nostalgia show as well. Yeah, but repackaged nostalgia is also not massively my thing when it comes to TV and drama. So, <laughs> I mean, it depends. If they drive, if they bribe me to watch two more episodes, then I'll, then I'll make a decision at that point. I think one episode <laughs> is probably not enough to make a full decision um but it is it, it is very nicely put together but yes. i'm not that invested in any of the characters after the first episode and you kind of have to be for this kind of thing yes i guess that is true i would still say certainly i mean i know i'm a little bit older than you but the sort of 80s nostalgia stuff really hit home for me and that was one of the things that kind of drew me into it and i don't do horror at all really either so mm. uh, but uh, yeah i i really enjoyed that and the third season is just joyous as well I, <laughs> i'm I mean, not quite there yet <laughs> it, it, you know it it does get better and better and better as it goes through it's really yeah. it's a really solid series and the characters uh, are set up very much of archetypes of yeah, american characters for that age and genre yeah um so for me, in the first episode, everything's quite two-dimensional. Yeah, I mean, it's very... They've definitely gone down the sort of Goonies-esque route with more horror in it, you know? Um, yeah. But it is very much that because it is so much around the kids. And But I, I love the setup and I love where it goes with it. I think it's really well put together. And uh, even if you're not into horror, if you're certainly of the generation that grew up throughout the ages, it is it is something that I think is well, well worth watching. Yeah, everybody says that. And I'm worried that also that that slight overhype is working against it. As yes, Because well, yes. it's been so hyped and people have been spending since the first episode of the first season was released yelling at me to watch it so it had a very high bar to live <laughs> yes, up to because um, <laughs> you're, you're you're far too cool to follow along with trends so <laughs> i haven't watched game of thrones <laughs> yes yes i know and you've not watched firefly i know <laughs> however i have now watched an entire series of rupaul's drag race so make what that oh, you will for god's sake maybe i'll the, have to bribe you to watch firefly now <laughs> the, co the costuming and, and stuff they put together in rupaul's drag Race. I skip through all the dramery bits. I have no care for that kind of part of reality TV. But the, when they're actually making and sewing the costumes and putting together looks for challenges, it's pretty amazing. Because I, okay. I watched, um, there was one called Face Off. I don't know if it's still yes. going or not, where they did full movie monster and character prosthetics and makeup each oh, wow. week as challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was that a sci-fi series, wasn't it? Yes, incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible. I don't know if it's still going or not. I only caught sure. the first like so many series when they came out years ago. But that was incredible, and I loved that. And also, there was a Jim Henson's Creature Workshop show where yes. they made puppets each week and then did scenes with them. That was also incredible. So it's the it's more the the making and the creative process I'm in, in, involved with when it comes to these series, and I tend to just you know the advantage of Netflix: skip recap, skip intro, skip judge introduction, skip drama, and just watch the creative stuff. So I'm probably watching sixty percent of the show, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have I have seen a season of that based on a, a friend's recommendation when they heard I'd like these other creative things. Mm. Um, 
and it is reasonably less dramery than a lot of these shows or it is in the first series anyway because that's all i've watched i know these things tend to lean into the drama more as yeah, they yeah. go on but yeah i have watched it i've watched a season of that <laughs> yes yes we're gonna have to get you onto disney plus because i'm sure there are shows on disney plus which are are going to be kind of those behind the scenes building stuff type things i'm sure there's a bunch of those on there as well when the loki series goes on disney plus they can have my credit card (laughs) until there's a loki series they can't have my credit card they're denying me yes (laughs) because i'm not so fussed about things like wandavision and stuff like that they just then they're the characters i'm least invested in that kind of getting the series is first i think yeah yeah so i mean loki's should hopefully be next year if things go to plan it may hopefully it's not got bumped back yet don't don't even say that to uh, me (laughs) (laughs) i need good news right now i need the news that actually secretly they've already filmed it all and they're going to release it next week just for me (laughs) yes yes i mean i know they filmed some of it i don't know how far along they were in the filming process uh so uh, we'll have to see but yes they've moved some of the movies around but we'll get onto that later but uh yeah there are some a lot of behind the scenes things on there so i think that would be kind of interesting plus there's the mandalorian of course yes i do i've only seen episode one of that so i do need to see the rest of that it looks it looks quite interesting i quite enjoyed the first episode i wasn't kind of I was neither, you know, I wasn't underwhelmed, but I wasn't also kind of like, oh my God, I desperately need to watch the next episode. But mm. I was definitely intrigued and I'm aware the, episode, the first episode was effectively the pilot, wasn't it? Yeah. So I want to give that more episodes because it does have spaceships in. It does. Yes, you're quite right. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, what have you been up to this week, Um, apart from staying inside? Yes, staying inside, uh, playing lots of Star Trek Online still. I've now got through all the seasons and episodes with my main character, the one that I started when I picked the game back up again. I have got a bunch of older characters which are still kicking around. I discovered that, um, you know, because when I started this character up, it starts off in the Discovery era. So you have a few episodes you play in the discovery era and then it it moves you into the modern era that the rest of star trek online is set into so there's some wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff and you end up in the same era as everybody else but those first few episodes take you through a, a bit of a discovery story i found out that you can actually do this with not only Discovery characters, but you can do it with original series characters. So there is an entire section of about eight episodes which are set in the original series timeline, and they alter everything to fit in with that so you're in the original uniform the ships are the versions of the original ships they are our characters from the original series some of which are voiced by the original actors uh some of them they're using bits of sound clips because uh leonard nimoy had done bits and pieces before he passed away so uh, there's bits in there they've got christopher doonan son of the guy that played montgomery scott in the film version so that he's been doing the voice of scott in this version of the game as well so you've got that as well which I thought was a lovely little tribute and uh, apparently he does it on on like you know things like Star Trek Continues and those web series and straight to video series things really sounds like they're putting a lot of love into this game I need to download it yeah really you really really do it's superbly done though that opening sequence of sort of those eight episodes there are sections in the game obviously that you are flying the ship around space even the space area for those opening 
opening eight episodes is a circa 23rd century version of space. So the star charts are slightly different and the way it's laid out is slightly different. And there's this weird film grain that they stick over the top of everything to make it look like a kind of old episode of something. I believe you can turn that off in the settings, but by default, it's there. And the interface changes for those bits <laughs> as well. Are there tribbles? There are tribbles. Yes. There's okay. lots of tribbles. You, you can actually breed <laughs> you can actually breed tribbles and keep one with you and they give you bonuses. And if you uh, if you leave tribbles inside your inventory along with various food they multiply <laughs> so <laughs> that's you, a game in itself oh I my mean, goodness yeah i mean but there, there are lots of bits in this which are games in themselves you know like they've got an event running at the moment which is a celebration of first contact day where you go running around finding bits of a spaceship so you could you can launch your own model rocket version of like the original first contact spaceship that zector and cochran flew and then you race them against each other so you go find the bits and try and build the best one and then you race them against each other and you win various prizes for it so there's an event there's a daily event running for that right now so there's lots of stuff in there along with the yeah the, there's there's like i say there's an opening which is discovery opening you've got one way you can just start in the star trek online timeline you've got one way you can start in the original series timeline there are also you can go and play i think a jemhadar so you can play a jemhadar character and I haven't been played through that yet, but that will have its own entirely different starting sequence. You can play on the Klingon side or you can play Romulan and they will have their own completely separate starting sequences as well. Even in the starting areas, there's five or six different versions of that that you can do when you're building new characters. And although they do end up pretty much in the same place, it probably, it's slightly different on the Klingon side. That's got a longer, you know, because you're, you either play sort of Federation or Klingon. They do merge at some point because of you know, reasons but they they do kind of merge at some point some of the missions but quite a lot of them you know those those early kind of missions are done on completely separate sides and certainly the first kind of eight episodes are completely unique to whatever character you've picked there's so much to get through in that and i'm still thoroughly enjoying it so i've, I've sort of left the main character a little bit at the moment because i've been through all the main episode stories although there are other things you can do i'm just going through and starting up characters in all the different other types of things right now so i've got to do a klingon one next i think that will be the next one i do but um yeah as i say star trek online it's free so you can download it you can download it on console you can download it on pc it's it's reasonably easy going on the pc you don't need anything that's hugely high quality to be able to play it it's because uh, it's been around for a while so the graphics are fairly scalable and whilst there are things like lock boxes and you can buy more expensive ships you can also earn some of that stuff and you can get pretty reasonable ships for free in game anyway so there's lots and lots of things you can actually do in that game without spending any money at all and if you're looking for something to do whilst you're stuck in lockdown and you don't want to spend cash star trek online is a really really good way of wasting some time <laughs> so i've been as well as been playing around with star trek online there is of course star trek picard as well which uh, i have seen the finale for where are you up to what episode are you up to oh. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay. 
So I can't really tell you anything. Um, I... Yeah, I'm watching it with a friend. Um, mm. Sort of, we're like phoning each other right. and watching the episode at the same time. I and see. Um, he's got kids. So we find the evenings when I'm not streaming and he's not doing bed. Right. Yes. <laughs> and um, we're watching it together because we were waiting, you see, to watch the series together. Yeah. And then obviously lockdown happened. So we've decided this workaround of like phone or video call whilst both watching the episode at the same time with headphones on ah, that's a good <laughs> it's way kind of, of it. um, a good way of socially because because then we, we can like pick things apart as we're watching them and talk over it in the way we do because we both have watched every episode of star trek ever right. um, it's quite a, a nice way of doing things in the current situation but it does mean that it is slightly slow going <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i can understand that so i have got to the end there are a few controversial things they do towards the end uh, which i obviously won't spoil and mm. i will be interested to see your reaction to what actually happens to some of the characters yeah in the everyone's end just been yelling all the feels at me seems to be the phrase that people keep yelling about the end of it and um, yes. saying they were crying and things and I'm kind of like oh my god what is happening with this series yeah there um, is unusual for a Star Trek series to make people cry yes there is certain things that happen to certain characters which I can understand that reaction I would be interested to see how you react to what happens to some other characters as well and how they handle that so um, overall I did really enjoy it they're supposed to be doing a second season of it as well so um, is that officially renewed or just kind of word on the ground no, I, I believe that's officially renewed for a second season now. So okay. they are supposed to be coming back again, which is good. I'm looking forward to that. I would be interested to see what they do for a second season because this was very much one story. I'm sort of intrigued to see where they go with it for another season and whether it goes in a wildly different direction or whether we have more cameos or I, I don't know. It's going to be really intriguing to see what happens. More Seven of Nine. Yes, from what but- I've seen, she's only in one episode unless she comes back later but I would think that there's a lot more that could be done with yes with her character yes and there is she's a phenomenal actress and an awesome person so I would love to have more of that dynamic there's another reason for you to play Star Trek Online because there are all different versions of Seven of Nine in Star Trek Online there's a version of her more in the kind of Voyager mode and they recently added a kind of Picard version of her as well so you can play with Seven of Nine in various different situations in all sorts of various versions so uh yes it's another reason for you to play star trek online as well (laughs) outside of star trek there is the arrowverse of course which crisis well four episodes of crisis have finally got out in the uk because e4 decided to run it in the wrong order by running it in the right order if that makes sense or run it in the u.s order rather than uh, moving the crisis episode to the beginning of the series so um that second episode is going to be stuck as episode nine in the e4 run and will make zero sense as part of that run but uh, that's what they decided to do despite me shouting at them repeatedly that's stupid but the four episodes of crisis that have gone out i i kind of went in because i managed to catch them when I was in America in the correct order so I have seen the entire run and I really like what they did with Crisis I'm not going to spoil anything but I just wanted to watch it to see whether they made any reference to the fact that the second episode was missing on Sky nothing they said absolutely nothing they're like here's Supergirl and then you go straight into on the next day and here's this week's Flash and they kind of completely avoided making any reference to the fact that these were the Crisis 
Christmas episodes, other than using the Trice's title card. What's even worse is the Flash episode, which is episode three, didn't have a previously in crisis at the start of it. So there wasn't even like a mini catch up. So you had any clue of what happened in that second episode. You suddenly arrive and there's a whole bunch of different characters and the, the story's moved on. And you're like, OK, there's, there wasn't even any sort of previously on crisis. Just to add salt in the wound, when you get to the Arrow episode, which is the fourth episode of the run, they do have a previously on crisis episode thing at the start so maybe they couldn't show the previously of episode with footage of what the series they don't have the rights for maybe but that if they've been that picky about it that seems utterly ludicrous so yeah the whole thing's ridiculous and i know there are a number of people that will probably have recorded those so they can wait until may when the second episode goes out and watch the whole thing in order the problem with that is the episodes that follow crisis are affected by the events of crisis it changes a number of things and obviously i mean you kind of know that at least some form of earth survives because it has to because the shows are still around obviously <laughs> unless so, it was going to be the most awesome sudden cancellation ever yes that's <laughs> yeah. End of crisis, the entire world's blown up. Yeah, bye guys, cheers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what I have been watching as well is Black Lightning, which it's really interesting how they handle it because that wasn't directly part of the crisis episode it's sort of crisis adjacent you know when you they do big crisis events in comic books mm -hmm. and you get those road to whatever the crisis is or or you get yeah. like crisis batman and flash or you know you get those those kind of little offshoot books they've treated it like that so the episode beforehand the crisis event is affecting that episode and there are things going on in that episode that are related to crisis stuff but it's not kind of directly tied into the crisis story and then when it comes back the week after then there are some changes that are related to it as well but not massive changes it sort of carries on he comes back and goes oh i've just helped out at this crisis anyway where were we and then it sort of moves forward <laughs> so um so the, the, it's kind of interesting how they they handled that and it was tied in a bit more closely than i thought it might be actually but i thought they did a nice job with that black lightning series as a whole because it's, it's up there as a box set on netflix right now i have watched the whole thing i struggled a bit with the first half of the season it does pick up in the second half of the season because the first half of the season they start off with them kind of locked up in various things and the whole of Freeland is on lockdown and Black Lightning doesn't turn up basically for four episodes. So I kind of struggled with that a little bit, but it does get better as it goes on and they've left it in a quite an interesting place. So I'm intrigued to see where that goes next season, but I'm, I'm glad to get through all that. Another interesting show which came back last week, I think it was, but I've only st just started watching it, Cosmos Possible Worlds. Are you aware of this, the Cosmos series? I've not not seen it. The original Cosmos came out in the 70s. It was a show that was done by Carl Sagan. It was actually 80s, 1980 it was. He did an original version of it. They then brought it back a few years ago for a thing called Cosmos, a space-time odyssey. And then they've got this new one, which is more kind of looking at the wider galaxy because they did a little bit of that in a space-time odyssey, but a lot of that was kind of Earth-based things. And it's, it's a science show that uses uh, various mixed media. It's hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson but it's from a bunch of people behind the Orville so it's Seth MacFarlane uh, Brannon Braga so people that not only I mean he, he was not only behind the Orville he's also part of the Star Trek team as well so it's 
a lot of those guys together and they've got people that are voicing these animations that they put in they've got little live action stuff so like they've, they've got people like Viggo Mortensen doing stuff they've got Patrick Stewart in there doing stuff it's really really interesting how they put this together it's got a spaceship in it so you are allowed to watch it uh, <laughs> uh it's it's a fabulous kind of way of looking at potential future of sort of space travel and uh, what other planets may look like, which is what a lot of the second episode was about, ways that we could potentially reach distant stars, what those planets might look like, how we might settle. So they, they're doing a lot of that sort of stuff in the uh, second episode, as well as looking back at the history of some of the things on Earth, such as how the human race populated out from Africa and stuff like that so it's this really wonderful mix of things and I loved the first season of it the, the Space Time Odyssey season Possible Worlds is another great leap forward of it it's beautifully put together it's really stunning it's really interesting um, it's a sort of for all ages science show which was very much what the original Carl Sagan series was if you're interested in kind of space and science as well as sort of learning a little something that's on National Geographic over here at the moment the Space Time Odyssey one is actually all up on Disney Plus as well if you've got Disney Plus so you can go and watch the first season as well I definitely recommend going and watching that and that's called Cosmos Possible Worlds the other thing I caught this week just because I wanted to see how they were dealing with it have I got news for you in the MASH report I don't know whether you've stumbled across either of these and MASH report's political comedy show they're very much doing the same thing that John Oliver has done as in you know everybody's doing it from their house they're Skyping each other that sort of stuff great work that's all fine have I got news for you I was quite interested in seeing how they did that because it's a comedy panel show and there's like four guests and a presenter and they've got to ask questions I, I just wondered how that was going to work very surreal experience watching it this week because what they did was they they all were in their own houses and then they put up the set for have I got news for you with big video screens where each of them would normally sit and then did the show like that without an audience with them just making each other laugh it was really funny it actually worked really well it's a little odd but it does kind of work and you uh, just have to pretend they're all like holly from uh yes from red dwarf very much that sort of thing but it was great because they were kind of taking the mickey out of the the rooms that they were doing it in because like you know paul had like a bunch of dvds behind him it's like yes how's the dvd business going paul and that sort of stuff and and ian's got like a was in a library with a bunch of books behind him and yeah so they were taking the mickey out of the rooms that they were in and that sort of thing as well as as doing the normal political stuff so i really enjoyed it i thought they're doing a really great job and I do love seeing how various places are handling dealing with creating these topical shows during this virus it's been uh, fascinating to watch so that's all the stuff we've been doing the last couple of weeks let's move on to some TV and film news it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Monday. 
TV and film news, we start off with renewals, cancellations, pickups and delays, as we've started to add this as well. A couple of cancellations first. V-Wars and October Faction, which were both on Netflix, have both been canned after one season. Uh, did you catch either of these? I don't know whether no, they... Either I hadn't them watched either of them. I watched a couple of episodes of October Faction and I watched the first episode of V-Wars and I actually quite enjoyed V-Wars. V-Wars was basically, it was Ian Sonnenheimer, the guy from... Um, Vampire Diaries very much his baby really pushed himself to produce this and it was very much his own thing so I'm really gutted for him that this hasn't got another season because there's a lot of fans out there that particularly of V-Wars seem to be very vocal about the fact that that got canned nobody really seemed to care about the fact that October Faction got canned unfortunately but um, that that was fine as well I think the problem is that there's a lot of these kind of comic book they're all IDW comic book adaptations and there's been three or four of these around because Lock and Key got renewed that's another IDW comic book adaptation and I think there's very similar feels certainly between something like Lock and Key and October Faction and I think out of the three of them I think Lock and Key probably was the one to go for I do feel very sorry for Ian though about uh, V-Wars because he really almost killed himself doing this show so I'm sorry that that's not got renewed and I know there's been a huge fan outcry over that one but unfortunately it doesn't look like enough people will watch it. What can Netflix do at that point? Uh, a show which hasn't aired over here, but Deputy, which was the Fox drama starring Stephen Dorff, that's been cancelled after one season. Lock and Key, as I mentioned, that's been renewed for a second season. I think that is a really fun show. And um, it's this sort of fantasy mystery series. It's based on the comic book. Do you know the comic books? I haven't read Lock and Key, but it's one of those ones I'm always wondering why I haven't, because it looks really intriguing. I really want to watch the, the series. I've, I've got it on my I Need to Watch this why haven't I watched this yet list Uh, but it's one of those ones which has got quite an interesting kind of dreamy atmosphere and I think I need to be in the right mood to watch it is that kind of yeah, I, I think that's sort of fair. I mean, it was sort of billed as a horror mystery, and it's not really. It's a fantasy mystery. It's very much a sort of family horror, if you were going to go down that route. But I would say it's far more fantasy mystery than it is horror mystery. It's this family that moves into this house, discovers that this house has mystical keys that are, are around it, and the keys do various things when you use them. Uh, and it, it's mainly focused around the children, but the uh, there is the mother there as well, father has died families moved to this house it's their ancestral home they find when they move in there there are these bunch of keys that do a different bunch of things it's really well put together i think it's it's got a good balance of humor a nice sort of mystery story going on as well i really enjoyed the first season of this and uh, i'm definitely looking forward to them bringing it back for a second season but as i say out of those they're all all three of those shows with v wars october faction and lock and key they're all idw comic book adaptations and i think out of the three of them lock and key probably was the one to go for that certainly seems to got a lot of love when i posted that that got a second season i think it's a nice concept as well and i think i've always i don't know i don't know a huge amount about lock and key but i always got slightly kind of neil gaiman Coraline, otherworldly fantasy kind of vibes off it so i suspect when i'm in the right mood to watch it and i'm not just wanting ridiculous stuff to cheer me up which is how i am at the moment that it's going to be one of those ones i'm probably just going to binge watch in one go yeah i think it is very bingeable as well so if you're in the right frame of mind for it i certainly one that i will go and watch i really enjoyed the first season of that in terms of coronavirus messing with schedules again 
Jen. We mentioned last week that Empire, which is on its sixth and final season, that was going to end early. Uh, we now know exactly what they're doing with it. It will stop at episode 18. Filming stopped halfway through episode 19, and it was supposed to end on episode 20. So they were basically an episode and a half away from actually finishing. Now, with other shows like Supernatural, which is also on its final season, these are the Empire and Supernatural are the only two shows that were on their final seasons of the entire run and were, were caught out by the virus. Supernatural, they've gone on hiatus at episode 13. They are going to come back and film the last couple of episodes because they had two more episodes to go. So they've stopped it now. They will bring it back at some point in the future for seven final episodes. That is the other show that's also was on its final season affected by this. Empire have gone a slightly different route. They're going to stop at episode 18 are going to mix in some of the footage that they shot for episode 19, but had not shot any of the finale episode, episode 20. So their finale now is going to be a mishmash of the second from the end episode and the penultimate episode. This is going to be some kind of voiceover narrative at the end, you know, like the bit tacked onto the cinema release version of Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I can't can't see how you're making a satisfactory ending out of that they obviously think that they can do something with it but you know rather than go back and finishing it off they've just decided to end it early yeah i mean i guess the costs involved in setting everything up again bringing everyone back doing all of the costuming and scenery and stuff to do one episode of filming at an unknown time in the future to then try and get that one final episode aired maybe they just felt it wasn't going to be cost effective or wasn't going to work out and it all depends on what that final episode is going to be because you get yeah a lot of you know you do get a lot of series where the end of the story actually happens in the the penultimate and then the final episode is kind of just a here's some nice shots of what happened to them over the next five years as a kind of thank you yeah so i guess it depends on what they were actually going to do with that final episode if it was actually the conclusion of the plot still or if it was just a you know one of those jump forward in time episodes like we had at charmed and um, yeah, yeah. gotham and stuff like that where there isn't really that much plot happening yes yeah i mean it's just tricky because they'd not shot anything for that final episode so <laughs> i mean you could be right i mean it could be that they've got enough footage out of the stuff they shot for episode 19 that they can wrap it up in some sensible way but i just seem like a very odd decision to do that as i say those two shows supernatural and empire were the only two that were on final final seasons that were affected this season because there are other shows that are on final seasons like the 100 but that had finished running so that had finished filming so those were the only two that actually had their their final seasons messed with because of that but as i say supernatural is coming back so don't worry about that one of the other shows which did have a, a finale thing happen to it superstore which we mentioned last week America Ferreira is actually leaving that show, which we mentioned a few weeks ago. Uh, now, what they've said is that that's going to be missing the finale episode, which was the episode where America Ferreira was supposed to leave the series. So they haven't actually shot her exit yet. She has said that she definitely wants to come back and do it. There is a mild problem with that in that she's pregnant at the moment. 
And if it takes like six months before they can come back and shoot the finale, she's going to be very pregnant by that point. So expect them to maybe come back and do some shooting with her stood behind boxes and crates. <laughs> Lots of shots fun. just from the, the you know, the, yeah, the top the, path. Yeah. Um, her entire character makes her exit by FaceTiming somebody or something like that. Yes, quite possibly. <laughs> or it's just an epic plot twist and she goes, hi, I'm leaving because... Mm. <laughs> yes, maybe you jump it forward in time a little bit or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, um, do the, the Xena Warrior Princess style and just write it into the plot. Yes, you could do that. I mean, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with it uh, because they, they did say, yeah, she's pregnant, so then it becomes kind of a scheduling thing of when we can actually do it and, and how we can handle that. But uh, America is apparently up for coming back, so you will get to see her. Uh, she won't just vanish. She should come back on screen for you to actually see her leave. <laughs> Uh, if that makes sense. That's what they've said with the Superstore finale, but it, it will end one episode before the end, that. In terms of other things, uh, despite the fact that they'd announced air dates already for these, uh, HBO's The Undoing, which is a show which sees uh, Nicole Kidman reteamed with David E. Kelly, who's the man behind Bid Little Lies, and The Third Day, which was the series starring Jude Law, which had both had, I think they were both May air dates, or it was April, May, those have now been bumped back to the autumn. They've not given exactly reasons why they've bumped those back. It's possibly just so they've got something to show in the autumn because things aren't filming right now. With the Jude Law one, it does make some sort of sense because the idea with that is uh, it's actually in three parts. The first part starring Jude Law, that's called Summer and uh, follows the story of Sam, a man drawn to a mysterious island off the British coast when he encounters a group of islanders set on preserving their positions at any cost. The thing is, the middle bit isn't actually a TV show. It was this immersive theatre event, which, of course, you can't do that at the moment. So I think one of the reasons that they've pushed the third day back is because of the fact that they can't do... They had this big vision of, like, this interesting idea of having this immersive theatre event thing as the middle piece of the story uh, or the second part of the story, and they can't do any of that right now. And then the third part was starring Naomi Harris, also set on the island as well. But... It's sort of an interesting idea, but I kind of get particularly why they've moved the third day. I'm not sure on the reasoning for moving the undoing. I, it could, like I say, just be because they want some content around for the autumn because everything's kind of not filming right now. And I think they're starting to get a bit panicky that they're going to have absolutely nothing to show when it comes to, to September, October. Over in the film world, Disney has shuffled their movie schedules around with Black Widow taking over the eternal spot. And that's basically set off a chain reaction in the MCU and bumped every movie back. They've also moved Milan and uh, Artemis Fowl as well. So Milan is coming out July 24th, 2020, which I still think is a little ambitious in all honesty that the cinemas are going to be open and back to full strength by then. But uh, that was the slot held by Jungle Cruise. So they've moved Jungle Cruise to July 30th. I think that's July 30th, 2021. So they're actually moved that to next year. Black Widow is taking over the Eternal spot, which was in November. So that was November 6th. Eternals moves to February 12th, 2021, which was Shang-Chi's date. 
Shang-Chi is moving to May 7th, 2021, which was the Doctor Strange 2 date. Doctor Strange 2 moves to November 5th, 2021, which was Thor Love and Thunder's date. Thor Love and Thunder moves to February 18th, 2022, which was at the moment just tagged as an untitled Marvel pick. So uh, Black Panther is remaining on uh, May 6th, 2022. Captain Marvel is now set for July 8th, 2022. So that's all the MCU movies. As I say, we don't know what's going to happen with the TV shows because if the TV shows tie in some way to some of these films, like WandaVision, we know ties in in some way to Doctor Strange. I don't know whether that's going to have some sort of effect i suspect not because one division was due out this year and doctor strange even then was due out may next year and now it's just november next year so i think we're probably okay but i don't know about things like the loki series don't know whether that's got delayed or not the other thing is kenneth branner's artemis fowl film apparently is not getting released in cinemas at all and is going to come straight to disney plus so uh, that's a bonus for Disney Plus viewers. Anything particularly you're looking out for for the MCU? <laughs> Apart from the obvious. Apart from the obvious, yes. I think I would like to see the Black Widow movie. I think that's probably reasonably high on the list. Obviously, Thor is reasonably high on the list as well. Yeah. Those are the main ones for me, really. The, the, the Disney live action remakes haven't really connected with me. No. I'm... They've not... <sighs> Yeah, I've not I've not really kind of felt there's something I really could get on board with some more than others. Um, so with Mulan, I, I just I just don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to judge it ahead of time. I'll have to see it to make a judgment. But I don't really see the kind of need for them. Um, no, I'm sort of with you on that. I, I don't yeah. think I've actually I don't remember whether I've actually seen the animated Mulan. So I not a huge amount of interest in watching the live action one either. Yeah, you know. I think um Black Panther 2 as well but these are so far ahead in the future that I'm kind of I'm, I'm not willing to get hype for anything that's not happening within the next year yeah no I know <laughs> what you mean um, I mean it's a shame about the Black Widow getting bumped but I would rather have them try and put it out somewhere where it's going to have an audience rather than uh, dump it you know earlier in the year where it's it's just not so um, yeah, yeah it is a sensible move to make and a lot of these films they are you know big budget action adventure special effects heavy things that really are awesome on that big screen so if they were to just sort of downgrade them and stick them straight up onto Disney Plus or something like that they wouldn't really have the same kind of impact they're designed to be yeah. theatre movies so I think they're probably making the right decisions there even though i do want to watch these things sooner yeah i think that that's probably true i mean we did talk to the hair and makeup person who did a lot of the crowd stuff for mulan that's one of the behind the scenes podcasts we talked to her and uh, she was saying the meticulous amount of detail that they went into on that you know like even every single background extra was checked in terms of the hair and makeup they were like signing people off as they went out of like you know, making sure the costumes were all immaculate. So there's a lot of work gone into sort of that. And I think if you're going to go to that amount of effort, you want to make sure that it's up on a big screen so people can see it, you know? Yeah. Hopefully these air dates will will be possible for them to uh, yeah. to do for their release schedule. Um, but yeah, I'm slightly sad because obviously a lot of the ones I want to watch are being bumped slightly further into the future, but it's it's better to make those decisions now, I think. Yeah, yes. I, I'm definitely looking forward to Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm just, it's mm. just sad that it's moved from next year year to the year after what can you do yeah. it's, it's the thing when you build a massive universe which is all interconnected in the way marvel has 
everything has a knock-on effect. If they'd made things a bit more standalone and independent, then they could show them out of order and have things not affect the others. But even the TV shows are tied into the film, so everything has to be shown in a particular order, which means any one thing gets affected and it's going to have a dominoes effect. And I guess this is the point where that approach that they've taken is starting to become um, a bit of a difficulty for them because this is uh, unprecedented times. Yes, certainly is. Uh, so, yeah, so that that's the, the layup for the MCU moving forward. That's what they've announced so far. There's a couple of US scheduling changes which haven't affected the UK yet because we haven't got UK air dates for them, but it may affect when these shows come back over here. So uh, Blind Spot, the fifth and final season of that, which was all filmed and all in the can, so that's all good. Uh, because it's all in the can, they've actually moved it forward because it was supposed to come later in the summer. It's now coming April 30th onto NBC in the US. We've not had a confirmation of a UK air date for that yet, but it's quite possible, particularly as it's an NBC show, which means that Sky have fairly easy access to it. It's quite possible that will get moved up to at some point in early May, but we don't know that for sure yet, but that has moved up. So we may see the final season of Blindspot earlier than we expected. Uh, Snowpiercer, which is the TNT series, no UK air date for that yet, but they've moved that up as well. So that's going to be May 17th. Netflix, I don't know whether they're on co-producing on that, so I don't know whether it'll go out next day or whether they're going to have to keep it for a box set, but it is due to go out on Netflix in the UK. We just don't know exactly when yet, but it's possible that we may see that on the 18th of May. It's possible we may see it like later in the summer. But Yeah, it's a really cool story as well. I'm really happy that this one's getting made. I'm looking forward to it a lot. There was a movie that came out a few years ago based on the same uh, yes. source material as well, which was also excellent. So I recommend people watch that one as well if they want something to watch while we're waiting for the series to drop yeah it's uh, it does look really good and uh, I am looking forward to seeing that I think it's a really intriguing story it's basically the pe- people that are the last survivors of Earth stuck on a train driving through a sort of icy wasteland isn't it yeah, the entire planet is effectively frozen and there is this train that was this big, massive sort of luxury liner type train. And if it stops moving, it stops being able to heat itself and That's provide it, yeah. for itself. And it's kind of a small ecosystem. And, you know, you have it uses a very obvious metaphor, but I happen to really, really like it because it's very hard to make it work. And they do. Uh, but first class is obviously the rich people and the engine rooms are obviously the poor people. Yes. Uh, but they've been living in this situation. Situation. So you have generations that don't remember ever not living on a moving vehicle. And yeah. it's a really lovely concept. And um, the original film, which was the first interaction I had with it, I believe it was a comic first or a book. Um, I think it was French originally. I, I could be wrong there. But there was a um, Korean Czech film that came out a few years back. And um, it was really, really well done. And I'm looking forward to seeing another adaptation of it because it's such an interesting concept and when it's done well it's just wonderful to watch just looking at it it's french graphic novel it was originally and then bong joon ho was the film 
version by the looks of it. So yeah, it does look really good. I'm really interested to see the TV series come out and it seems like there's a lot of excitement around that. So as I say, Netflix are airing it internationally. It's airing on TNT in the US. So we may get that next day. We, it may go out as a box set. We don't know yet, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see. So that may be one to look out for in the UK in May. The other big delay is actually not TV. It's gaming related. They announced Last of Us Part 2 has been delayed due to the virus no new release date has been set for it so it's indefinitely delayed technically although that doesn't mean they're not going to release it it just means they don't know when they're going to release it this is is basically a logistics issue because it was made by uh, sony it wasn't made by the developers naughty dog sony made the decision that basically they think that they couldn't actually get it out to people that was the biggest problem naughty dog did make a statement saying as you've just seen the release of last of us part two has been delayed i'm sure this news is just disappointing to you as it is to us we wanted to reach out to you all in our community and give you a little more information the good news is we're nearly done with the development of the game however even with us finishing the game we're faced with the reality that due to the logistics beyond our control we couldn't launch the last of us part two to our satisfaction we want to make sure everybody gets to play it at the same time ensuring that we're doing everything possible to preserve the best experience for everybody that meant delaying the game until such time as we can resolve these logistics issues essentially yes you could launch it online you know you could make it just a download for everybody but you've got certain people that that won't work for you want to be able to do offers and get it into game stores and of course none of the game stores are open you can't ship it because all the shipping's messed up at the moment there's all sorts of logistical problems with it i mean yes you could dump it up onto the ps4 store but it sounds like they don't want to go down that route i i kind of get it because it is such a major monumentally huge title i can sort of understand why they want to be able to push this uh it's just a real shame yeah i think i mean they won't have made that decision lightly no and there has to be a good reason behind them doing that the way they're doing it and also if they've got maybe a whole potential bunch of people who are going to be playing it who can't get it on the download version or there's a reason why they don't want that to do to do that it's the story so important to it they you'd be having the risk of spoilers and ruining the experience for a large chunk of their player base so i'm going to assume that you know based on all the love i see for the series and all the love that's obviously been put into it that there is a very good reason why they've done this and i hope that the fans can can understand that and that when it does get released it's met with the the same kind of sort of love and 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 the responses these guys are obviously putting into making it yeah i think generally the news well everybody's obviously upset that are fans of the game that it's that they're not going to get it because it was due to release in may i think whilst people are obviously upset they're not going to get it i mean gamers are quite used to delays so i mean usually it's because things haven't been finished but in this case it's because of the virus i i mean it sucks but i get it and i it's not going to uh, to wait a little bit longer for it it's not like we're short of other things to do and play and watch and stuff right now so yeah and if people are looking for games to fill that time they should head over to geek town's online virtual comic-con and check out all of the indie games and things we've got there because there's some awesome stuff that people could play in the meantime discover some new things while you're waiting for for an old favorite to return yes absolutely there's lots of stuff there you can go and look at so on to a slightly bigger stories we've got um, a new bit of 
Arrowverse casting, the Palantiverse or Arrowverse is is the one place which still seems to be casting people right now. Dylan Walsh has got a new job. Uh, it seems the crisis event has changed a number of things, one of which is giving Lois a new dad, because he's going to be playing General Lane, who we have seen in Supergirl before. He was played by somebody else, played by uh, Glenn Morshaw, when we saw him last time, and that was in a recurring role. They've now cast Dylan Walsh, who you probably, I think most people probably know him as um, Dr. Sean McNamara in Nip Tuck, but he's been in Longmire, um, SVU, he was even unforgettable he's popped up in various other series as well he's one of those he's been in Blue Bloods quite recently he's been playing the mayor in that he's one of those faces that pops up and thinks and go I know that guy uh, so he's going to be playing Samuel Lane who is uh, the father of Lois he's a no nonsense army general who's determined to keep America the world safe from threats from this world or beyond he's a workaholic who demands nothing but excellence from those in his life uh, so yeah like I say we have met this character before it's going to be for the Superman and Lois series and it's going to be a series regular role I think the reason that they didn't get Glenn back to do it is because he's currently has uh, I think it's a series regular role on the resident so my guess is he's just not available which is why they've ended up recasting it and I mean Dylan Walsh is a great bit of casting I think he's a really solid actor he's a known face to people People. I, I think this is good. Are you, I don't know where you are with the Arrowverse stuff at the moment, but uh, behind I... is the answer to that. <laughs> I, I am, I am so behind. <laughs> I, I have nothing of use to add because I am so massively behind on the Arrowverse. I started kind of, as you know, falling out of love with some of the series a while ago, and um, I need to to pick them all back up again and, and, and catch up. Do you fancy a Superman and Lois series? I don't know is the answer to that. I mean, I, I was very much a fan of the, the adventures of Lois and Clark. Yes. So we know that this kind of format can work. It's going to be interesting to see another thing with um, Superman, actual Superman on the on the small screen. Yeah. As well, because it's kind of rare for that to happen. It's, it's, it's you know, normally the Smallville type approach that gets taken to things. So I, I will definitely give it a try when it comes out, but I'm not kind of chomping at the bit to see it. Superman is one of my least favorite of, of the main kind yeah. of superhero characters. I tend towards, as you cannot tell from my dark goth exterior, <laughs> Yeah. I, I tend to be more of a Batman person. Yes, yeah. No, but I, I think I, yeah. I think it will be something I will watch, but I've got a lot of catching up to do with the Arrowverse at the moment, and it's becoming ever more insurmountable. Maybe the next time I get ill with something, yes. I suspect I may suddenly find myself watching everything, as I did with the Gotham, where I watched sort of three seasons in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Superman and Lois series obviously brings back Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tulloch as as Lois and Superman. We have got some other casting for that as well, which we mentioned a couple of months ago. Uh, Jordan Ilas, who's been starring in Little Fires Everywhere, the Hulu series, and Alexander Garfin, who has uh, been in the Peanuts movie, they are both playing the children Jonathan and Jordan Kent. Uh, Jonathan, of course, we have seen. Jordan is a new invention for the this show and they're two kids and they're teenagers in this version as well so as again lots of timey wimey crisis stuff going on there in a comic book series <laughs> i know i know um, 
It's already been given a straight to series order, so it is definitely coming this series. It's been given an order of 13 episodes. Obviously, nothing is shooting at the moment. They were hoping to shoot a pilot over the pilot season, even though it has got a straight to series order. They were hoping to do the first episode, so they had something for pilots in May. They've obviously not managed to do that, but they are planning to just shoot the whole thing over the summer sometime if they can get back to shooting. That is the plan. No official UK pickup yet, but let's hope to God that Sky One's acquisition team are actually awake and not asleep at the wheel this time and actually managed to pick it up and bag the broadcast for the UK so we don't end up with another Batwoman fiasco. But we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Uh, but yes, that is definitely coming. It'll either be in the autumn in the US or it'll be in the new year because it'll be 13 episodes so it's basically a half season one bit of news from a person you know even though it's not it's a show I'm fairly sure you don't watch Christopher Maloney who you will know as the guy from the wonderfully bonkers happy he's going back to an old role of his Elliot Stabler who was a character that he played on Law and Order SVU Law and Order SVU has got another spin-off series they haven't announced a title for it yet but according to the reports a new drama is set in New York City allowing crossovers with SVU sees Maloney reprise his role as Elliot who is now heading up the NYPD organised crime unit. So it's basically it's another Law & Order spin-off. I don't watch any of these shows, you don't watch any of these shows so there's not really much more we can say about it but it is apparently happening there is a new spin-off they're looking at doing. It's another part of the Dick Wolf-verse which consists of all the Law & Orders all the Chicago's, FBI FBI Most Wanted. That man has a lot of shows on the air They'll be spinning off the spin-offs next Well, the, the, well they are. I mean SVU is a spin-off of Law and Order and this is a spin-off of SBU. So, you know, they are spinning off the spin-off. It's going meta. Yes. (laughs) These series is just uh, TV that kind of can just, because they're procedural crime things, they can just keep making more and more and more of them. I was always a bit more of an NCIS person myself, although I did used to watch a lot of CSI as well back in the day as well, like the original CSI series. Uh, There's just so many of them, but I guess that there is a lot of love for them, so they just can keep making spin-offs of the spin-offs of the spin-offs. Yeah, and it's nice to see him coming back to this character as well because Happy, unfortunately, got canned after two seasons, so that's not back so that sort of frees him up and i'm quite happy he's coming back to this character because he actually was written off off screen basically there was a contractual issue he was one of the two original duo that was apparently in the in svu and then he disappeared one season and he basically retired off screen because there was a contractual issue and they tried to cut his salary essentially and he went nope and left so i'm i'm glad that he's kind of coming back and you know fans will get to see a bit more of him and uh, he's happy to come back to that role. So that's that's kind of good. Hopefully this, I mean, this is all kind of rumour at the moment, but it, it seems to be something came from a fairly reliable source. So hopefully that is all happening. And the inevitable has happened. Somebody is developing a TV show based around the coronavirus crisis. Uh, and it's the duo from The Office. It's Office EP's Ben Silverman and Paul Lieberstein. They are developing a workplace comedy about a wonderkin boss who 
in an effort to ensure his staff's connectedness and productivity, asked them all to virtually interact and work face-to-face all day. I rather like this idea because it is essentially, once you've written it, even if people are still in lockdown, it is something you could shoot right now. It could be two screens talking to each other across a desk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, literally, you could shoot this anywhere. You could shoot this with the people just sat in their own living rooms. It's from the guys behind the US version of The Office, so you know it's probably going to be quite funny. I rather like the fact that they've come up with this and it is potentially something that they could start shooting straight away and would have to be able to put out later on in the year. So I, I think this is a genius idea. And um, I, I I mean, there's only so many shows you can do in this format, you know, topical shows. And I think it's more difficult to do dramas in this way, but certainly a comedy series. I can see this working. Point cameras at people and get them to do it on different video channels. I think that's is great. It's a really interesting idea. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things where sometimes you need a bit of light relief about something terrible that is yeah. happening. I know some people say, you know, it's not something to joke about, but the experiences people are going through being stuck in houses with their partners, kids, um, flatmates, someone who was visiting on holiday and just happens to now be stuck there for two months you do have to have a bit of relief from the reality of it and see the funny side of things in some small ways at some points and (laughs) maybe this will help people with that and help people through that experience seeing other people going through it albeit in a uh, scripted comedy kind of manner so yeah I I think it could help bring people some humor and comfort during this time yes and I think that's definitely something we need I I think there are definitely a thought process certainly by Ricky Gervais who's the original yeah the original creator of the office says anything is funny there are, are ways to make anything funny and just how you do it and uh yeah whilst there is some horrible things going on right now and you know it's terrible you can bring humor into some of this stuff and i think this this sounds like a really interesting way of doing it and uh, so we'll have to wait and see what it comes out like but uh, i do like the sound of it it sounds like it's, it could be a really fun show that's all the news we've got for this week now let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv So, highlights for next week. And I think we should start by asking Bex a question. Anyone like any toast? (laughs) (laughs) So, the first thing... The first thing we've got, of course, if you don't get it from that clip, the Red Dwarf, the Promised Land special. That is coming on the 9th of April. I'm so happy to have this back. It looks like it's going to be really good fun. There's little clips and stuff out there. This doesn't give too much away. We know the basic premise of it is the fact that it's dealing with the cat arcs, which I know is something you've been very much looking forward to. But uh, 9th of April, that lands on Dave. I'm sure you'll be watching this. It will. I've been a avoiding all of the clips and things online uh, I know they did like an awesome little thing where you could solve clues and unlock the first five minutes which yes. I have also avoided or I do I think Me that was too. a lovely idea though yeah. <laughs> for those that wanted it uh, but yeah exploring more of what happened to the other cats yes. and um, the actual intelligent bit of that society and, and where they all went in their different factions has always been something I've wondered about so this is absolutely ideal for me because it gives them a lovely new whole massive area to explore to expand the writing of Red Dwarf into um, and as well it answers all those questions I've been asking for ages so cannot wait cannot wait that is just it's just going to be something that's going to brighten my day to no end I suspect yes I am very much looking forward to this so yeah Dave 9th of April I've not got a time on there but I mean check your schedules I'm sure it'll be sort of 8, 9, 
in the evening. But uh, yeah, I don't know why there's not a time on there. But uh, yes, 9th of April, that lands as well. So uh, go and check that out. Other things coming up this week, we've got Quiz, which is the mini series based around the Who Wants to be a millionaire scandal which was the the thing the whole coughing thing with Charles and Diana Ingram that got Michael Sheen playing Chris Tarrant in it which I think looks like it's going to be endless fun that's uh, 13th of April at 9pm that starts it's going to go out daily over that week as well so uh, I, I think I mean I love Michael Sheen so I think that's definitely going to be one to watch Flack returns for its second season on W that's on the 13th of April I loved the first season of this I know some people really hated it but I thought it was utterly brilliant it stars Anna Paquin it's set in this world of PR celebrity promotion and I just thought the first season was superb but uh, second season of that is 13th of April for that and that's Flack Killing Eve season 3 of that is arriving one day after it airs in the US on the 13th of April as well that's on the BBC iPlayer this is going to be going out weekly on iPlayer rather than as a box set how it used to go out before the reason for that is obviously because of the virus they wanted to bring it out early Uh, it is going out I think from the 18th on BBC One as well for those of you that don't want to mess around with the iPlayer but uh, you will be getting that weekly it's going out the day after it goes out on BBC America I think I explained last week why it goes out like that coming 13th of April Killing Eve season 3 and uh, Law and Order Special Victims Unit that returns for the second half of the 21st season that's on the 14th of April at 10pm if you want to go and catch that on Sky Witness so that is everything for this week Um, where can people find you what are you up to well I am up to a lot of staying in my house (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I can be found as Trista Bites spelt B-Y-T-E-S because I thought I was funny over on YouTube where I have over four years worth of videos and I'm up on Twitch daily sometimes twice a day at this point if people want to pop by and talk about comics movies computer games old 80s and 90s cartoons and science fiction and things and just generally help avoid me going any more stir crazy than <laughs> I already am I'm also Trista Bites over on Facebook Twitter and Instagram as well yes so go and check those out uh, go and check her out her Twitch stream because it is hilariously funny quite often unintentionally but it is hilariously funny as well as intentionally I should say <laughs> uh, goodbye peddling i like it <laughs> intentionally and unintentionally funny that's let's put it like that uh, but so for us of course you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk stay safe wash your hands um, phone elderly relative to make sure they're okay stay the hell away from each other i know it's sunny and i know people want to go and do barbecues and stuff do not do that stay away from each other this will be over a lot quicker if you do that everybody stay safe we will see you again next week bye bye A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.